Subject number two for episode 11. This one is crisis actors. And my point about this one is um, just pretty much um, for natives, for Navajos living on the res, you know, watching too much news coverage can ruin their perception of what's real or not. And use, you know, by using deceitful tactics like what happened with that 9 11 and the uh, pandemic effect on Tom Hank, Tom Hanks, the actor, um, who was pretty much um, the, you know, if you want to look at uh, the way everything started off, you know, you could say, oh, it was Tom Hanks was the first one to catch a coronavirus. And, and me and Navajo Pedro, we did cover that one, uh, but he was more into the um, the theory that. Tom Hanks was a pedophile, so he moved to Greece and because they were more lenient on pedophiles up that way. It's more like an accepted lifestyle. So um, I really didn't do too much research on that. I did see that post he was talking about on Facebook, but I, other than that, you know, I can't really make that claim whether or not Tom Hanks is a pedophile. All I just know is... Um, if they're it, that Hollywood does have a problem with pedophilia. And, um, if he's one of them, well, it wouldn't surprise me any anyways, but it's just this whole thing about crisis actors, um, especially when they use, um, actors. I mean, that's just what they're good at. You know, that's what they're paid for. And let's say this coronavirus had an effect to where your eyes would turn red and it would cause dark circles around your eyes and it would suck in your cheeks and it would make you look gaunt is the word I'm trying to look for. It would kind of make you look like a corpse. Let's say that. Now, let's say that was the effect and and then people are saying, oh yeah, Tom Hanks has the coronavirus and you can tell because he looks like a a, a pale, you know, ghoulish dead man. And what could happen is that they could, you know, put makeup on him because they have makeup artists and stuff like that. And they would make him look like a dead man. And then everybody like, oh, yeah, man, he really caught it, man. That's, you know, oh, shit, better be careful. We better watch out. So, you know, that is another reason why, um, you know, Navajos really need to just kind of step back and not really pay attention or not to really look too hard into what these uh, news coverage people are saying because all that is going to do is just kind of start, you know, warping their minds. And uh, in New Mexico, the uh, the governor lifted that, um, you know, all that mandates, you know, face covers and whatnot. Some some stores, they actually still have that sign that says if you, if you want to come in, you got to wear your face cover. Um, but other than that, you know, the, um, it's kind of come down to a personal choice right now. So when, um, uh, you know, when that whole thing got removed there, I still see some Navajos inside, uh, Gallup driving around inside their vehicle, still wearing a face cover. And I'm like, okay, well, the, that's the type of person that's pretty much going to sell these type of uh, situations even, even more because they're still believing in it. And, they're trying to show proof. I mean, it's great that they're trying to look out for their fellow, you know, fellow, I don't know, fellow American, fellow neighbors and friends and all that. But 
you know, it, at some point you kind of have to look at it and say, all right, man, you know, this is, um, if you look for the signs and you do the research, you know, where exactly this is going and how it's going to be. And, uh, you know, just exactly how crisis actors, they kind of move on in and they make, um, they make, they sell the narrative. They sell it more clearly. Um, I saw this one video of this guy, I guess, apparently he worked for NBC. He was like one of the directors, executive directors or something like that. Oh, producer. He's an executive producer. And one of the uh, news anchors was interviewing him. But when he was being interviewed, the camera, you know, you know like when they put the name right there, of like who the person is. Uh, I think it was like a, a fake name or was it the dude's real name? But he was saying, oh, yeah, I saw the second plane crash into the building. Now, somebody did a lot of research and they went through all the, the news footages and they trace it back to which was the first mention of this building getting hit. And sure enough, this dude's like, oh, yeah, I saw the second building. Uh, you know, I saw this plane hit the building. But there's another camera angle from, I don't know how far away it was. It was a pretty good distance. And it did show that first plane, you know, crashing into the, the, the building. The second one was just an explosion that blew up on the side. And where people really doubt the, um, the claim that it was uh, terrorist attacks was that um, that jet fuel wouldn't have burned the, uh, the steel that could have made the whole building collapse. And, you know, then there were some other eyewitnesses that said that, you know, some parts of that building were closed off. So nobody could really go in the, the following weeks leading up to that event. So, uh, others, the, the, so the theory conspiracy theory is that, you know, um, C4 explosives and other, uh, well, pretty much other dangerous explosives were in there. So when it blew when it blew up, that's what, you know, caused the uh, building to shake and collapse. And another thing about that collapse is that um, it it wouldn't have went downward. And uh, it would have, if it was going to really fall and collapse, it would have went sideways and it would have collapsed that way. Um, but uh, they were showing, I saw another video uh, years later that, you know, I was trying to catch up on the 9-11 because, you know, the time it happened, I didn't see it. But um, the video I saw was about how these guys were showing these the demolitions going on in like Las Vegas when they're tearing down another casino to build up a new one or tearing down a hotel. And when that happened, they had um, they had. Uh, oh, what was it? Oh, they showed the uh, the buildings collapsing downward. And they said, oh, in order for us to make sure that, you know, it doesn't, we do this controlled explosion, <clears throat> excuse me. So that way, when the uh, hotel falls, it won't go sideways. It'll just come down, you know. And when you watch a lot of Hollywood movies, that's what usually happens. Like in Lethal Weapon 3, for example, when uh, Riggs and Murtaugh are trying to take apart that uh, bomb and then Riggs cuts that wire and they grab the cat and they run out. And when that thing explodes, it pretty much goes downward, you know. And so anyways, it's it's stuff like that where you get these crisis actors that 
you know, pretty much, pretty much they just, you know, kind of sell the whole thing and let you know that that's how deadly it is. And then the other thing about the 9-11 thing, um, well, when those buildings, before they collapsed, I saw, or, or no, somebody sent me a, uh, I don't know how I came across this information, but there was a guy who owned both Twin Towers and the day before, or was it the week before the those buildings were going to hit? I mean, those planes were going to hit. Um, he took out insurance for, what was it, $9 trillion, I think. So when those planes or when the explosions brought down the buildings, um, you know, that dude was getting paid, you know. I don't remember his name, though. I, I just... I just want to add all this together right now, but, um, the other thing about these crisis actors is that, um, during the times of these riots for 2020 and uh, 2021, um, when they were saying, oh, this and that person was, um, you know, racist and, you know, they, they were, they were doing this and that, um, our lives were in danger. And then it turns out to be a black person that did it. Then they're like, oh, wait, uh, uh, no, it was uh, this other person. You know, they they try to change your story up, you know, and it's like, well, you know, you're the crisis actor, man. You're the one that's uh, feeding this stuff. So, you know, if this is the way you want to live your life and tell these lies, go on right ahead. You know, this is freedom of speech, man. Go for it. You know, and um, and then that kind of leads me into that um, the so-called insurrection when supposedly these Donald Trump supporters took over the white house and, you know, everybody was scared and, and they were saying that, uh, AOC was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says she was, uh, in her office and she was scared when it turns out her, her and that Nancy Pelosi, they were like shit miles away. And then, um, there was a video released. I don't know exactly who released this video, but, during that insurrection, they they were saying that um, the Trump supporters were running around and you know tearing stuff up and breaking things and um, and it was something like the cops couldn't control them. But yet on this video, it's got no sound, so it's kind of like one of those uh, security cameras. All it just showed was just people walking around, taking pictures. Uh, there were some security or cops right there. They were just shaking hands, saying hello, you know. It was very like a polite thing. It was just kind of like, they were just like tourists just walking around. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I, I see how this works now, you know? And so that's where, like I said, as, as Navajos and natives, you know, we kind of have to really just kind of step back and don't really jump in there, give it all we got. Another example of, you know, how some of this crisis actors work, um, was like during that, um, that standing rock, that, that Dakota access pipeline problem. And, um, a thing, one thing I heard about that was that it was the elders that said, yeah, go ahead and put your pipeline through. There's nothing going through that land. But then the younger generation, someone looked it up and says, oh, you know, there was a, you know, they're going to, they are going to go through, um, one of our sacred grave sites. And I don't know how true that is either, you know, the, uh, with this pipeline, I would think that they would actually do their research and look through, you know, do that ground penetrating radar and stuff like that. So when all this stuff started happening, you know, you know, the Sioux people, 
And this is, you know, if you know anybody prior to that, that was kind of had some kind of relation to the, the Sioux tribe, they hate Navajos, man. They're like, we're just despised. I know Nez Pierce don't like Navajos. And so I don't know how close in relation the Sioux to the Nez Pierce are, you know, but anyways, you know, I'd hear that every now and then like, oh yeah, don't go up there, man. They hate Navajos. Um, and, um, so the Navajos, they went up there to the standing rock to show support for the Sioux and just knowing that the Navajos were there, I think, I think pretty much mostly the Navajos were the ones that mostly got shot up and beat and, and stuff like that. They took the brunt of all that, uh, police brutality and what, whatnot that was going on. So, um, I don't know, man. I really haven't heard anything like um, like a big thank you to the Navajos that showed up, um, or maybe like a, a video off of YouTube or a social media page that says "Thank you Navajos" hashtag, you know, Standing Rock brothers and sisters. You know, I don't hear anything like that. So it's like, um, it, for me, it's kind of hard to believe what is really going on anymore, even in the world of Native America. You know. Um, just like with us over here, um, when CNN came over to the res and they went to Kienta saying, oh yeah, it's pretty bad over here. It is, you know, this is the hot zone or whatever the hell they were calling it. Um, hot spot. And these Navajos are struggling to, and you know, they just used us as a stepping stone and CNN ever since then has not come back to really say, okay, Navajos, how are you guys doing? You know? We're here to check on you. Nope, they're jumping on to the next big thing. Oh, Russia, Ukraine. And so that's that should be a big clue to Navajos to not really believe this mainstream media and just, you know, taking things at face value. And well, anyways, so excuse me. Um I'm gonna make my final point here. And this is about that movie called Wag the Dog. If you get a chance to watch it, it's it's pretty good. I, I like it. You know, I'm not really too much into political films, but that was a really good one. That's uh, Dustin Hoffman. He plays this um, uh, Hollywood executive producer. <laughs> and um, Robert De Niro, he plays this um, uh, fix-it guy for the White House. Um, the story in that movie is that the president was caught fondling an underage girl um, somewhere in some private office in the White House. So they they call up uh, Robert De Niro's character, and his idea is to get a Hollywood producer to fake a war so that all that attention will, will be off of the president and more onto the war. It will make the president look, uh, you know, a lot better – I don't know. It just make him look good, basically. And um, it's uh, it's a pretty neat movie, man. I learned a lot off of that, and um, I, I still want to watch it again. Uh, we have it on VHS, but I think our VCR players are all burnt out now, maybe. But uh, I always try to keep an eye on it for the for DVD. Uh, I, I can probably get it downloaded onto the USB, but you know, for now, um, I just want to make that little recommendation. Um, this whole Ukraine and uh, this whole Ukraine and Russia thing—it's—it's it's really reminiscent of that film *Wag the Dog*. 
If you get a chance, go look it up online and check it out. You know, I, I'll bet you'll pretty much have a blast with that. And um, <clears throat> uh, that, that movie, it came out like in the early 2000s. I forgot when it was, but <clears throat> anyways, so let's go ahead and move on to our third subject of the night. This one is going to be reservation capitalism. Wah, 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 wah. 